Give me a nod when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. This is Matt Gunlock with the 3G IQ podcast. Today, I'm sat down today with Kevin Kalinda from Athlon Optics. Kevin, uh, go ahead. Tell us about yourself some. Um, so where do I begin? Uh, I did 12 years in the Marine Corps. So that was a, a good part of my life. Um, I'm a father of three. And um, somehow, someway, I was able to stumble my way into the industry. Currently work for Athlon Optics. Um Definitely a huge fan of the 2A community and um, other things that don't involve the 2A community like to do. I like to barbecue, hang out with friends, and, and drink good beer. Well, I do that with the 2A community, too, so I guess it's all the I same. I mean, that's just American as fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> – so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, family first, obviously, most important. Um, and, you know, I think – uh, one of the things Marine Corps prepped me for is being in a job that I'm in now where I do have to travel, but still being able to make the most of family time. So, yeah, I mean, can't argue with that. I mean, you, you've been on many deployments just like I have. Um, so it kind of grooms you for stuff on the outside in those. It regards. does. Yep. Yep. What, what kind of, uh, what kind of deployments did you do? So somehow in my 12 years, I only got to play twice. Um, just, you know, I know you know how it goes. It depends. I wasn't in a, you know, I was in a combat field, but not, you know, an infantry unit or anything like that. So, or ever attached to the grunt. So, um, you know, we just, I didn't get sent out as much, but uh, 04 uh, was in Afghanistan, not Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, that was pretty interesting just because that was when the election was happening. Oh yeah. We were, we were at, uh, I was at TQ, and that was like the back door of Fallujah. So um, moved millions of dollars with the gear, did a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, convoys. And, you know, I think every Marine wants to get into a fight, whether they're a keyboard warrior or whether they're an 0311, right? Um, you know, for whatever reason, anytime we went out the wire, nothing ever happened. So, um you know, the worst that happened was they took pot shots at us, you know, on the daily with mortars because that's what they did. That's what they but knew best. I mean, that's what they knew best. And they they did they did one time land one in our uh, our magazine. And that's probably kind of the coolest thing I ever did on a deployment that would be what I would call Marine-ish is uh, we had to go get Marines from behind where all the ammo was going off because there was HE rounds for tanks and plenty of other ammo popping off. So we went and got a bunch of Marines out of barracks on the base and got them to somewhere better, but that's about right. the coolest war story I have. I'll, uh, I remember getting mortared on the daily. Uh, yeah, we were, we were at a place that uh, was a retrans site, retransmission site. We called it yep. Quezon. Um, yep. probably about three miles outside of the city of Alcon. And it was just, uh, there were three posts there, uh, we secured it with a triple stand to concertina wire and we had three machine gun bunkers and on the daily at noon, we would get mortared. 
I remember the first time we got mortared, it was uh, it was me and some uh, some guys from the sniper team that were out there with us. Um, and by no means am I a sniper. We were just they were attached to us. Sure. And uh, I just remember we just heard boom, boom, boom. We we're like incoming, and so we jumped on top of each other and they were like, Hey, let's kind of see where they land. You know, typical stupid Marine, you know, sure. let's go see where they land. Uh, landed. If you can hear them, you're still alive. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they landed probably about 50, hundred yards away from us. As soon as the first one landed, we just jumped right on top of each other back in the bunker. Like what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We were doing colors one evening because that's what you should do in a combat environment. But anyway, sounds, sounds uh, totally we were lowering, typical. Lowering the flag, and you just hear him, foom, foom. The guys are looking at me like, dude, we got to get this flag down. I don't know what to tell you. Full faster, boys. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, moving along, uh, you said you were Athlon. Uh, how did you get involved with Athlon? Uh, what was your step getting into the industry? So, you know, I think everybody always wants to be, you know, the, the plays in the world, not everybody, but wants to maybe get a shot of doing their, their passion for their job or getting paid to do it and kind of what that mix is. So I'm a mid packer. I'll be a mid packer for life. I'll own it. I mean, I run around in a, in a skirt, so um, <laughs> shameless plug for at kilted three gunner. Um, but, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a people person. I think, you know, that just from, you yeah. know, our, how our ship started years, it was at the random phone call. Now I'm on your podcast. Um, so I was, I started using, um, testing Athlon stuff. Um, they were at Hornady zombies up in, um, Nebraska for the Hornady shoot. And they had a tent out there in a demo bay and I got behind the Cronus one to six. And I was like, man, this is pretty, pretty nice. I was shooting another, another brand at this, at the time. And, uh, so I mean, it's pretty good glass. Didn't really think about it. And then I was at, um, I was at a, actually a gas gun match, a PRS range, really out of my element, but, um, a guy approached me, his name, Sean tipping and he owned kind of this like outdoor gear, you know, survival prepper brand here in Kansas city and, um, said, Hey, you know, you seem like you kind of know what you're talking about. You shoot better than me. Um, which anyway, we'll get into that later. Uh, he said, would you like to, you know, I'll sponsor you with optics and give you, you know, this pretty significant discount. And so then I bought my first Cronus one to six and started shooting for him. And then um, he said, hey, man, Athlon's got a sales position open. And I had a really good job at the time. Uh, I was a sales engineer for a precision tool manufacturer um, out of Minnesota. Good money. Um, travel was still there, but um, I mean, it's, it was kind of my shot. All right. So I went interview with Athlon. Uh, I knew just enough. And then I had my kind of my sales background. So they, they took me on and I got hired. And um, now I'm the regional manager for the Southwest. So from Colorado all the way to Cali, pretty much. Um, and, you know, Arizona and New Mexico and Utah. So beautiful, beautiful territory to, to get to go out and play into. Um, and then they also, with my Marine background, luckily enough, um, then I grew up in a cop family and, um, just kind of always hung around law enforcement. I'm the the national law enforcement guy for us too. So I deal with PDs and SWAT teams, and we've gotten to do some pretty cool stuff. So uh, that's kind of how it happened. That's pretty awesome. And then I'm, it'll be two 
years in this November. And um, it is, it's just a cool job. I get to meet cool people. I get to do very cool things. Um, I mean, you're, you're sometimes living, you're living my future dream. I got, yes. Uh, and I mean, you, I'm just hoping, yeah, I can get a job as cool as you. Well, you're highly more qualified. Than <laughs> I hope I am. Yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll love it. Um, I think the cool part that I've realized too, when they use the term being in the industry, is you know we all compete against each other. But like some of my, I have good friends that that work at Vortex, and um, you know we shoot matches together, and we go out to dinner together, and they'll pick up the tab. So I think that's still one of the coolest things I like about it is at the end of the day, yeah, we we there are there are plenty of competitors that we go up against. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all, we all share the same common, you know, family bond of being at two way stuff. So. And we're all just, we all legitimately just, whether we're on the competition floor or where, you know, you're in sales, we all just want to see each other do good because the better we do, the better livelihoods we have yep. and the happier we are yep. and the better we can yep. help I agree. the consumer market. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. Um, so what got you into the shooting sports? So, um, I, I love shooting in the Marine Corps and when I, and I'll, I'll, I'll sound old school for like a half a second. Uh, when I joined, we still had spit time <laughs> boots, bright colored camo. Um, and we shot with iron sights. Um, yeah. I know obviously now the, the ACOG is a huge part of the marksmanship program and I started shooting it eventually, obviously, because it transitioned over to it. But I think that's where I got my love. I grew up in a police officer's family. Mom wasn't a huge gun fan um, and dad kind of played by that rule. So I didn't really do a whole lot with with guns um, shooting um, until I joined the Marines. Um, and then I got that taste, man, of, of breaking that shot at, at 500 yards through, you know, literally a peep sight and knowing that you can do it with a, a crappy rifle and crappy ammo yep. at the end of the day. Um, it gives you a lot of confidence. So um, I, I, I was a rifle expert. You know, I shot well. My pistol was a was a pizza box. I never shot the pistol well till after the Marine Corps. Um, I did get involved with stuff like you did. Um, just, you know, obviously wasn't uh, didn't make the cut good enough. Uh, but I'd shoot the Western Division matches every year when the well, marksmanship team would. And, and that was earlier on uh, whenever they were actually having them. And that was more of a bullseye oriented type match back then. Yeah. Right? Yes. And I had, I was way out of my element on the pistol side when it came to that, just because I wasn't used to shooting anything like that. And with the Beretta 92 FS, that's not really designed for, you know, that um, other than a practical standpoint, I guess, of good, good marksmanship skills. But, you know, I think that's one of the coolest things I've seen you guys do is get these Marines to compete while learning marksmanship, I think just changes the game. So, yeah, I mean, competition breeds excellence if you can yes. introduce the competition side early on and marines are naturally competitive you're going to yeah. create people who want to learn and become better marksmen yeah totally 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 agree with you and i became a better marksman because of competitive shooting sports um so I, I'm thankful for that. And then I get to, you know, hang out and I, I'm, I knew I was going to plug him, but you know, Dylan Easley, right. He's, a, he's our asshole, yes. but he's, you know, he's if it was asshole, but he's our asshole. And if it 
wasn't for that guy, um, you know, I, I would still be slumming it pretty low and not even close to mid pack level. I mean, he took me under his wing, made me spend a bunch of money that I shouldn't have on good <laughs> gear. And, but then he taught me how to shoot that good gear. Um, and I think that's been the reason this season has been rough is I've not got the practice in. And if you don't practice, it's, it's perishable for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I noticed like I don't practice nearly as much as I should. Um, right. I still try and get out there. Um, I've been doing my turnover as a staff and so I see the team. I'm now the staff and so I see of the action shooting team. And now I am actually finding myself more on the range, but with the starting the MTTs up and everything, it's more about yeah. getting everybody else the training, but, you know, still yeah. trying to manage uh, and get out there and shoot. Yep. But uh, what, what is your motivation that keeps, uh, keeps pushing you to do better and better? Um, you know, I think I get my work ethic, um, you know, from my parents and then, um, the Marine Corps, I think if you use it correctly, the Marine Corps gives you a huge shot in your arm and to be relentless in a pursuit. Like I knew I wanted to get in the industry. I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, realistically a top 10 guy. I don't have the, the, um, the time necessarily at this point in my life or the funds to get the practice and I would need to be in that level. Right. Yep. Um, so I was like, how can I do this? And if I've learned anything, um, you know, as an, as an American, if you, you can try, and if you can figure it out, you can make it work. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my job prior to coming to work with Athlon, I was a sales agent. I was only one of two people in the, uh, the sales staff of 50 that didn't have a college degree. And I asked them why, you know, they hired me later down. Um, and they said, dude, your, your background was, was phenomenal. And then you, we know you can sell on top of it. So I think, I, th I just think my motivation to keep going and doing better is, uh, for myself first. And then what that does is that benefits the people that I surround myself with in life. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Like that's, that girl in the back, <laughs> she's literally shaking her ass in the bathroom. Oh, Jesus. this is going to be on a podcast. <laughs> anyway back to my motivation that's kind of motivating me anyway yeah i bet <laughs> <laughs> what's your stance on skill versus gear so this is a good question and you know i'll get you know the 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 top 10 guys i guess 15 guys will always talk shit about mid packers that are running gear like me mm -hmm. uh, just because that's the nature of our sport but um i guess i i learned this from john Freilich is, you know, you're racing, you're racing guns, right? So it's even like racing cars. Someone's going to finish in last place, but that doesn't mean they want to drive a slow race car. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day too, even for budget oriented guys, you know, I'm blessed to have been able to purchase some pretty good gear from, from working hard. Um, but I think whether you're on the clock and, you know, and they're going to finish in first place or you're going to finish in last, the last thing you want is gear to go down. There is mm -hmm. nothing, nothing worse than being on a stage and having a piece of gear fail to send your stage into a dumpster fire that you weren't even ready for. So I think buying quality equipment, maintaining quality equipment and practicing with that quality equipment um, is, is good at day. Can you get it done with the Glock at, oh, at the end of the day? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you get it done with a, a, you know, a pump shotgun if you really want to, I've seen guys run a pump faster than guys run a semi-auto. 
Um, but part of the reason I'm, I like, I, I like toys and, um, the toys in the three gun world, because I shoot open are kind of unlimited. So, um, I think skill is first I've sh- that's shown this year where I haven't got to practice because of my workload, um, with how busy things are, but yeah, no skill over gear, uh, any day. But I will say when I, it's hard sometimes you watch skilled guys that can't get that extra edge sometimes with the gear and they would edge out you know guys by a few seconds with running some faster stuff so yeah um i mean i live by the saying of buy once cry once like yeah don't don't go out and blow all your money getting the best stuff if you're on a budget stick within your budget but buy once cry once get what get what you know that works and then practice like the you should be spending all your money on practice buy ammo practice you know get dry fire targets i mean you could get as much training in just by dry firing than what you can in live fire you can get all the mechanical movements down and then yep whenever you go to the range you can put those movements into action well i think that's one of the biggest habits that dylan broke me of was you know i was so tactical tacti cool from the marine corps right yeah. and you know the teaches you a lot of good things when it comes to marksmanship but i think you know they call it practical shooting what we compete in because that's what you really need in the real world i guess mm-hmm. so you know i was doing the bobbing and weaving and i was keeping my cheek glued to the the butt stock and you know not and just running awkwardly it was it was not pretty yeah so i think oh. i you told me footwork was going to be an important part. Um, I would have never guessed that. So, yeah. Uh, I go back and watch, I, I have gone back and watched some of my videos from whenever I first started competing and I just cringe. Yep. I'm just like, yep. I'm going to stop this now because I am embarrassed watching myself. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, I, a, I agree. it's a good thing be, uh, looking at that because you can see the progression that occurred. Yep. Nope. It's, I, I, I've regressed a little bit this year and I know exactly why. And we're going to, we'll make some adjustments to next year's season, hopefully. So, uh, I mean, we met each other for the first time this year at Texas three gun championship. Yes. Uh, and that was a good time. I mean, was, day two sucked. Uh, how we were, we were wet. We were, I, I don't know about you. Obviously you shot a lot more matches. Um, I, that is the wettest, most rain, most mud I've ever done since I've been doing this. And I'm going on five years of messing around in this sport. And it was, we got through it, but man, it was, it was rough. Um, no, honestly, it's the wettest match I've ever shot. I mean, I don't think it compares to 2016 hurricane nationals. I didn't shoot that, but. I was up there visiting yeah. friends, and I mean, you're, they were shooting through a hurricane part of the day. Yeah, worries but, about that. So, but it's almost weird, though, right? Like we were all miserable, but we mm-hmm. we had fun in the misery because it was still the sport, it was still the people you were with, and watching people get covered in mud was quite entertaining. So, oh yeah, just watch your footwork. Don't fall. You'll be good. Yep. Um, what what matches do you have coming up? So the only match that's technically still left on the schedule is the, the, the reformed um, 
Vortex Shootout is, I think, what Jeremy renamed it as. It used to be Vortex Shooter Source. Okay. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, Triple C had to close its doors up. But I think Jeremy made such a name for that match. And it's just he, – he puts on great matches. Uh, it sounds like he's teamed up with Aaron Hayes. And they're going to go to Reveille Peak in October. And to me, any match that's available at Reveille Peak, I will always go to two reasons. You know it's going to be a good match. And the, the options out there um, are amazing. I think we see this a lot of matches. And, you know, it's just being blunt, right? A lot of matches don't really change things up um, sometimes. And I, I think that's unfortunate. And I think that's why some matches will see numbers drop. And you'll mm-hmm. see matches like Texas 3-Gun magpool sell out in a heartbeat because this year we shot it and we were on i think maybe they used two or three of the ranges from the year before but then everything else was in a different place um so i very cool what uh what was your thoughts on indiana great lakes three gun championship because we just saw each other there um that was the worst match i've shot in five years so the match part was not great as far as execution. Um, I thought it was, it was different um, in a, I don't know, a good and a bad way, right? Like the stages were difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very much memory stages. There wasn't much gaming to the stages at the end of the day, which was, I think is. It was, kind of, it was straightforward. Yep. You're going to shoot these targets with these guns in these locations. Yep. Um, I thought some of the, the, the you know, spinner gate was uh, interesting at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was on a pretty good squad and watching guys that I know can run and gun taking a full mag to get a spinner over was, was tough to swallow. Yeah. Uh, but Hey, everybody was shooting at the same damn spinner at the end of the day and everybody had the same opportunity. So I, you know, if you don't want to come to a hard match, then don't, I guess. I kind of got to agree. Uh, probably my worst match in quite a while. Uh, yeah. I I consider myself fairly confident when it comes to spinners. And yes. whenever I was shooting that spinner across the creek um, on that one stage, um, it, yeah. it kind of gave me a gut check. Usually I can get a pistol spinner in about yeah. seven to nine rounds. That's typically how sure. I do. Um, I wasted a whole mag on that and still did not get it over. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But then whenever yeah, I went to the, not- when I went to the next stage um, where you started out with the shotgun, moved down and finished with the pistol, you know, yeah. I was able to get that one over, but I learned these spinners are heavier than most other spinners. Yep. And I had to take my time and time my shots appropriately um, rather than try and do quick follow-up shots. Yeah. Accuracy by volume was not going to work with that situation. No. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, I had a good time. Um, I think I I had a great great squad. Um, I think too, their hospitality at this event was probably some of the best. Yeah. Um, cooking food or at least having good food options for shooters. I always look at this too. And I, now that I'm on the other side that I'm in this street, but I still compete. Is it still, you're serving your customer. Your customer is the shooter. So, yes. you know, I think things like that will get guys to come back to a match. Even if that match kicked their ass. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, what matches do you have coming up for next year? What do you have planned? So next year, I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Obviously I think my only one left is going to be Texas just because of time I got to do Memorial three gun. Um, I think I'm going to try and do some more things out West next year and step outside of my usual spots just because um, of what I do. I want to, you know, talk to more people about, um, you know, our optics or at least get a chance to expose them to it. Um, especially since my company is gracious enough to send me these events. Right. Um, so I think I'm going to do some, I want to do some Colorado. I want to do, I want to do Rocky mountain three gun. I heard really good things about that. Um, the sure, I don't know, sure file put on the answer, but I guess the, the match out in grand junction, um, was, was pretty and good. Nevada? The sure file world championship um, or whatever it was. Yeah, they did the world, whatever they did it this year in Colorado, I guess, versus they used to do it out at Vegas. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So they moved, they moved it to Colorado. So I want to do some more Western stuff. Um, I always try and hit gin three gun just because I love Chad Francis and mm -hmm. the, 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 the premise behind uh, gin three gun, uh, I'll always hit Missouri, uh, three gun state championship. It's, I would say that's the, my closest range as far as it puts on a major match. Uh, it's only two hours from me. And then without a doubt, one of my favorite matches, um, to be a part of, and you need to be at next year. And I'm calling you out on your podcast to be there right now is, uh, it's blue line, uh, at Lucas oil cattle ranch down in, uh, cross timbers, Missouri. Uh, big pitch for that is one is the, the range is beautiful. Yep. The ranch is unbelievable. There, uh, It's a place to kind of escape life at the same time and do a shooting event. But uh, it goes for a really good cause for police officers, uh, families. And then the Lucas family, man, they just roll it out um, for for this event. And it's raised a lot of money. Um, and then Bruce Davidson, I think, is a mastermind with ass-kicking stages that are that are accomplishable. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite matches. That and Texas Magpul. Or, or probably my top two. Yeah. Um, and then I don't want to miss Wisconsin this year, next year, after hearing how good it was this year. That was uh that was a solid match. It was it was a good time. Um those Vortex yeah. boys know a few about setting up matches. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh Adam Maxwell did a really good job setting that match up. Yep. Um, so I would like this year I did it the first year and had a really good time, but I want to check out the new range and I want to shoot at a two hundred yard pistol target too. So I don't want to do that part again. <laughs> you know, what's funny is you never know what you're prepared for, for those matches, but we screw around at Dylan's range yep. and we'll get out that far and we're just doing it for fun. But little did he know that he was going to do it in a match. So here's a question for you. How does yep. Dylan go from shooting a match, three gun matches and never injuring himself and then going to a one gun match? What he was shooting PCC. And <laughs> And now he's all of a sudden injured. Well, yeah. And I think he got out of a lot of stuff. He didn't have to, I think he skipped out on Garrett for mm -hmm. uh snipers. Unknown. Um, let's see. He did. He, he went now. He did shoot Jeff Kirkworld. I think yeah. this week, was it this week? Last weekend. I don't know. I think Dylan just thought he was cool and could run fast with a pistol. And he found out that he can't, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I've by seen the way, the Dylan, I love your profile picture. It is wonderful. And for those of you listeners who don't know Dylan, type in Dylan Easley and you will see a picture from his butt to his calf. 
Yep. He's very proud of his own ass, which is weird, but that's still in. So, <laughs> uh, I, the best, the, my best, I have it on video. I'll send you the clip after the podcast. Cause maybe you can repost it or something. Um, we were at, uh, vortex shooter source. Yeah. Vortex shooter source. And the weather wasn't great. And he was running with his, uh, shotgun, distant arm shotgun and wipes out flat. And he uses his shotgun to brace the fall, which Dylan's a big dude and oh, yeah. it didn't work. And he, then he gets up, there's mud in the shotgun. He, he did maintain positive control of the weapon. So he did keep to keep shooting. I will give him that. And first round out of the shotgun, the muzzle brake opens up like a shark's oh, tooth. Oh, I remember him talking about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need to see that. Yeah. I will send that over to you. So, but uh, yeah. All right. Get him back to Athlon. <laughs> so get him back to Athlon some, uh, you know, I'm running the, the Cronus BTR Gen 2 one to six power optic. Um, yep. I absolutely love that thing. Um, uh, I know that's what you've been running. Um, yep. Have you transitioned over to the one to 10 yet? So the infamous one to 10, right? Um, no, I have not. And here's why. Cause we keep giving them to everybody that needs them. And I, at the end of the day, come, uh, come second with, I have shot the one to 10. Um, you know, I have a little bit of extreme proud and that's, uh, that deal because we i worked hard to push i think there was we needed an option you know there you know obviously vortex came out with a great version of the one to ten they nailed it but uh not everybody can afford that price point right yeah, so i was absolutely. like how can we get shooters? how can we get shooters and that's kind of what athlon does how can we get shooters good gear and still make it affordable and i think they hit a home run with the one to ten it took a little while the first ones we got back that we we were not happy with. Um, and then we told the factory, Hey, can you please make these changes for us? And they did. And I think, um, at the end of the day, it turned out pretty good. Um, the guys I know that are already running it, uh, Aaron Willis shot it at, um, great lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him how it was, cause there was a little bit of long range out there. Um, uh, and he loved it. So, uh, I think between my favorite still will always be the Kronos one to six. I don't know if that's because of what I started with um, or not, but for, for it, it was one, the reticle was designed with, by Billy York and our owner. So it has a little bit of a three gun influence in it. I like the very clean, easy to use reticle in there. There's no mess. There's, there's no more in there than it needs to be. And I think sometimes reticles get too crowded. And in our sport, I think you yeah. need to keep it. Clean. I think that's what we try to do with the one to 10 as well is to keep it very clean, um, and not super busy. It's, I'm the same way. Like, uh, the Cronus BTR Gen 2, uh, super simple. You know, you can engage targets out to six, 700 yards with it. No yep. problem. Yep. I know whenever we were in Texas, um, under shitty conditions, you know, um, there, you know, and I hit pretty much every target one for one. I think I had one makeup shot. And that was at the 500 yard target. When it came to the 600 yard target, I hit it first round impact and it, it, it came down to no one holds. Um, but it's yes. a super clean, uh, it's a super clean optic. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying out the one to 10. I, it, I mean, I promise. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Uh, I 
personally like first focal plane and I like mill reticle. I've grown up with mill, you know, pretty much my whole career. You know, I know the RCO is a BDC, but you know, most of my three gun uh, career, I would say I understand mills a lot more. It's easier for me to get behind that. And I can look at Streelock Pro and be like, okay, for a 300 yard target, what am I going to, you know, yep. what am I going to use? Okay. 1.5 mils, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I can just remember those numbers in my head. Uh, for some reason, I'm good at memorizing numbers. So I don't even have to draw a diagram if there's a lot of them. It's just going right down the line of near to far and being able to engage those targets. Yep. Nope. I agree. I think, you know, to get that optic, you know, finishes, I think prices, both the one to 10 and the, um, the one to six are right under a thousand bucks. Yeah. So, you know, for your shooter that um, is on a budget, but can want all the good things that you need. I think it's, I think it's a great option. You know, it's hard, right? Cause people are like, what's your favorite one? You know, I work with Athlon, obviously, right. They pay my bills. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what helped me is that I shot their stuff before I came to work for them. I wouldn't have taken my job at a company, especially in a, in a field that I'm passionate about. I do know a lot of people if I didn't mm -hmm. believe in the, the products that they, that they sold at the end of the day. Cause at the end of the day, when you're selling stuff, people you have, have to like, believe in it. You don't want to bullshit a bullshitter. You have to, right. if yeah. you can already believe in that product, yep. there's no bullshitting somebody. You're telling exactly what you think about that product. Nope. Totally, totally agree. And I think you're going to continue to see good growth. And uh, we got some fun stuff coming out um, in 2022. Um, let's just hope the market slips down a little bit so the supply chain can kind of kind of catch up. We'll see how that goes. I'll tell you what, um, uh, to go back on scope, some of the uh, one to six that you guys have. Last weekend, I shot in a tactical games match. It was my first one. I'll tell you right okay. now, I had a lot of anxiety going into it. It was like, am I going to be physically prepared for this? For the functional yeah. fitness side, I was great. Um, for the endurance run portion, not so great. I hate running. I'll <laughs> tell everybody that. I thought I was going to die out there. Uh, yeah. But the marksmanship side, it wasn't anything that was extremely difficult, but it was still a challenge on the pistol stuff, um, you know, it was you're shooting dot torture at 10 yards yep. pretty much uh, yeah. while being physically exhausted um, for the rifle stuff. You know, you're, you have specific target zones and you're, you know, on uh, on an IPSC target, like you have to keep it within a certain area. And then you're also engaging some steel on some of the stages out to 300. Uh, yep. A one to six power optic for that sport is the way to go because whenever you're physically exhausted and you're on a rooftop or you're in the prone or you're shooting offhand with the sling, you know, one thing us Marines have in common is we know how to go super fast, but we also know how to dial it back a second and get our hits yep. when they count. And so it's just reverting back to the fundamentals, even under exhaustion and getting those hits. And one thing I absolutely loved is, I could dial it up to, to six power and make sure my shots were going exactly where they needed to go. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, sometimes people do get caught up in the whole, the whole gear world, right? Mm -hmm. Shoot what makes you happy. Yep. But, you know, you know, I think it's always, I think it's always good to check out um, 
other other options at the end of the day you know i think sometimes people think because it's not a three thousand dollar optic there's no way it could be a three thousand dollar optic and uh, i think that's what athlon our owner was after was to kind of say hey you guys can still get into these sports and still make it affordable we're not going to leave you out on um you know good quality uh optic at the end of the day so and the other thing i absolutely loved about it is through all the banging around i did you know slinging my rifle running with my rifle and optic for three or no five miles you know picking heavy weights up with my gun slung on my back or just hanging down in front of me you know i saw other people's using different products and their zeros were shifting um you know i saw some scopes uh just break electronics breaking stuff happen and that scope held up i've had mine on there because i started so i've had mine on there for almost three full seasons Mm -hmm. and i will check the zero and i I haven't had to touch it. It's, I mean, I wish I could, I mean, it's haven't, it's just, it's just, it's, it's lights out. So, uh, it's probably why I push it so hard. Um, you know, I've been getting into more, uh, into LEO hands lately too. Yeah. Um, so I think once people get behind the glass, they'll go, Oh, this is pretty good and it's durable. And that's really what you need in an optic yeah. at the end of the day. But, uh, if somebody is interested in purchasing a scope from Athlon, um, how can they get a hold of you? So I'll do this. I'll do this twofold. One, because I know uh, some of your audience um, is going to be cops and military and all that stuff. So um, a couple options are on that side. If you're a mill LEO, first responder, dude, chick, whatever, um, you can use expert voice. You can use guide fitter. And even now on your optics, you can uh, use your credentials and you have access to a, a nice healthy discount um, as a thank you from Athlon for doing what um, you and I, well, you still do. And something I used to do um, at the end of the day, it's easy for us to do. Um, and then for um, everybody else, um, civilians, uh, I guess for all intents and purposes is go, go contact your local dealer, look them up. Um, there's a zip code finder. I mean, we're in, we're in bigger stores and you can order stuff online. Um, you're, you're paying my bills at the end of the day. So I don't really, you know, necessarily care how you do it. But I think one of the things I like the most about this job is working with smaller gun shops and tactical shops or whatever you want to call them gun ranges that, that sell our stuff. And they're the salt of the earth people. You know, I've watched guys start out of their house to open up their own storefront, to open up multiple locations. It's kind of cool to be a part of that. So I would say uh, look up a local retailer, um, you know, shop or I mean, we're in Shields and um, uh, online at Euro Optics and Cameraland and some of the bigger, obviously, online names, too. Um, At the end of the day, my email address is on the website. I'm probably going to regret doing this. But if you need something from us. Um, I think you can attest to this, Matt. Um, I'll, we'll pick up the phone and we'll, we'll talk to you um, and we'll make sure you get your yourself taken care of. Because I think that's what it really comes down to. All the optics, you know, there's so many choices, right? So I think it comes down to customer service, um, the quality of your optic, and then, um, you know, you know, radical choice yep. um, at the end of the day. I think, I think it's more about a relationship than a sale in, in our world a lot of times. Absolutely. Uh, relationships are everything. Um, it's all about 
who you know and how you get treated. Yeah. And I'd rather like, go with I've somebody. Ever... Yeah, I'd rather go with. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I'd rather go with somebody I can trust and a company I trust and yep. that I know that it's going to take care of me because I know if something goes wrong, I can easily yep. call them up and be like, hey, I just had this happen. Um, what can we do? Hey, let me take care of that for you. Let me get yep. something out for you. Yep. No, I mean, you never know. Because like if you would have told me that I would be doing a podcast with the, the staffing CSC of the, the Marine Corps marksmanship team and that you would be running one of our optics and featured in combat, you know, the, the magazine, it's just, it's just crazy. I don't even know how, how, how did we start? Was it a phone call? Yeah, I think? it was a phone call. Somebody passed me your information. Uh, so I was like, Hey, let me give this guy a call. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, I think that's one of the biggest things that you never know. It's, it could just change with stuff like that. So um looking forward to seeing big things from you after you, after you uh, do that final salute, bud. I cannot wait till that happens. Don't get me wrong. I love everything I do, but yep. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a homebody. Um, you know, I There's still want to. I want to go out. I want to compete. I want to have fun, but I want to dial it back a notch and actually spend yep. some time at home. I think you will. It will be good for your your heart and good for your soul, man. I think that you know when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was definitely um, I was I wouldn't say I freaked out, but you know you have kind of that that insulation of yeah. your brotherhood, what the Marine Corps can really provide you is stability at the end of the day, even though it's a tough lifestyle. Um, civilian world ain't like that, man. They yeah. will f- fire you and send you down the river in a heartbeat. Um, in, a, in most jobs. Um, yeah. I've been lucky to work pretty good places, but um, I was able to transition out, man. It was kind of nice to just relax. I bet. Um, and that's right. what I'm looking forward to. I think, uh, I think for me, like, what has kept me driving, uh, what, what has given me drive is the Marines that I am around, but yeah. I can easily substitute that with the competition community, the, the, the three gun community. And, you know, I'm going to be doing some more tactical games. So, and I really enjoyed that community. So, yeah. um, you know, you build those relationships and those are the people that kind of help keep your drive going. Nope. I think, I think you're right. I think that's why I immersed myself in the three gun community because I missed that part of the Marine Corps Yeah, and the three gun community in a lot of ways very much is like that. Yep. But, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'll go ahead and put your email address in the note section if you're good with that. Um, yep. And yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to kind of, let the people know, uh, as lasting words. Um, lasting words for me, that's a scary idea. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you no, know, I just think that you need to realize that, um, to keep the sports shooting sports going, you have to get out there and you have to, to go compete. I would say to anybody that deals with the firearm, whether you're in the Marine Corps, whether you're a police officer, um, if you use a firearm in your life on a daily basis, go compete. I think it makes you a better marksmanship, um, a, more, a better marksman at the end of the day. And also gives you perspective of your deficiencies and you, you they won't get exposed inside of a shooting lane at the, at the gun range. It won't happen. Yeah, I was actually um, talking to a buddy of mine today. Um, I haven't spoken to him in years since he got out and he called me out of the blue and it was, it was great hearing from him. Uh, and he's a cop up in Indiana and yep, he's like, 
you know, when you get out, if you have any influence, because I want to, I'm think I want to be uh, an instructor, whether, you know, whether it's for sure. a police agency, uh, whether federal, state, whatever, or, you know, a private company. Um, he's like, if you have any influence, influence it in the terms of dynamic shooting. You know, there are guys yep. that, have, aren't, that are on my department for the past 25 years and they still do static lane shooting and it's it's yep. it sucks yep it's not practical at all and, it, and, and at the end of the day it could get you killed yeah so but uh other than that uh it's been great talking to you and uh, yeah like yeah and i look forward to seeing you at other matches all right man we'll talk to you later matt you have a good one you too